a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Right, we had some breaking news right as we started the show today. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has been banned from the sideline by the Big Ten, Tony Petiti acting. A lot of people thought it was going to take a little bit of time, but um, there's your news. Now we'll probably see a temporary restraining order and such, so we'll get back to this coming up in just a little bit. But our first guest on a Friday is our guy, Chris Comrani from The Athletic. Decent Friday afternoon, CK. Are we uh, in the backyard yet, or is that later on? That's later on. Right now I'm just biting my nails knowing that the NBA and season tournament starting tonight for the jazz. Um, I'm very nervous, very nervous for uh, round one of, of this, uh, of this NBA cup. I'm, I'm waiting at bated breath. You know, I thought that uh, we may discuss this today, knowing the things that do excite you as a international football fan. Yeah, I did it. I said it, go ahead and send your tweets in. Um, you know, I understand. So can, we're not going to do a lot of time on the in season tournament. So everybody chill out. I like the fact that the NBA is forward-thinking, and they try things in a way that other leagues don't, quite frankly. But as you know, whether it's the FA Cup champion, I mean, we could talk about a lot of cups, a lot of cups in soccer. These in-season tournaments have like 110 years of history behind them. Do you think this will ever resonate with basketball fans? I don't know. I want to believe that... um as the stakes get higher and teams advance further in the tournament. And I think it does help that they decided to like have, um, I don't know if it's the final four or the championship game itself to have that in Vegas. I think that is, is a unique draw. Um, but um, I can't remember what like the compensation is for, for winning it. I'm, I'm sure they get some, I'm sure players and teams get something. 500, 500 KCK. I, I mean, that's not bad, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's Gordon Monson money. Yes, um, I, I, I think I want to believe that it could work, but I think you need a couple years in a row of some really good games. I think the fact that um, it's not going to be like a best of seven type deal will help maybe potentially snag people's eyes for a longer, just just more eyes as opposed to like, you know, I I don't know how many people are going to be watching, um, you know, 
games for go four and five in a best of seven series as a casual NBA fan. Whereas this, you have, I believe it's one and done, which I think helps. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see how this thing progresses, but I, I think you'll, you'll need to have some banger games as this tournament goes on, not only this year, but next year in order to keep people's attention. All right. Excuse me. While we're in this space, let's just get a quick thought. Um, you know, we've got a basketball team in our market that's not very good at basketball, so that's a problem. They're they're two and seven. I won't go down the the you know the analytics and the stats. They're, they they rebound well, and that's really it. Okay, uh, and and you know, whenever I have this conversation, it's draped in the context of what's the goal? Maybe the goal is to be bad. Uh, you're, you're you're a year too late, as I've talked about before. But two and nine, uh, excuse me, two and seven through nine. Ck, what are your thoughts on the start uh, of the Jazz season? Yeah, I think um, as your um, NBA expert who routinely graces the show, I just think this roster has a lot of redundancy on it. Um, I think like just looking at the top, you know, 10 or 11 rotational players you have, at least in the backcourt, like Clarkson, Sexton, Horton Tucker, George, Agbaji, like, I think you have to pick a couple and, like, roll with them and then figure out a way to move on from the others eventually because nobody is playing well enough to make an argument that they deserve a starting role. Um, And there has been a regression to the mean. I think last year, um, you know, Will's first year as a head coach, um, they were able to ride the momentum of piecing together kind of a ragtag group of, of players who nobody had too high of expectations for. And, you know, they get to 37 wins. They get close to the playing game this year. Uh, it's, it's just ugly and they're getting blown out and they can't stop anybody. And, you know, nobody can really stop anybody in the NBA anymore. Like there aren't any like powerhouse defensive teams, but when you're like just having it, you know, 120, 125, 130, it's just not good. And I think if this trend continues, I'm fascinated to see what the Jazz do as a continued selling point to the community because um, it's going to be a, a difficult sell. And, and and I don't think that this roster stays intact as it is beyond February and the deadline, but Um, that's asking fans a lot to pay attention, pay money for the next three months through the holiday season in order to get there and and even have a semblance of of change or hope because this this group just doesn't have what it takes, I don't think, to compete even for a playing tournament appearance right now. Yeah, and you're right about the modern-day NBA game being offensively centric and a lot of teams not stopping teams. But you can't be the worst team in the league defensively. And that's what they are like adjusted for opponent strength. The jazz are the worst defensive team in the NBA. Uh, so we'll see to your point. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see if they add to the group, but let's move over to a couple of college football storylines. And I started the show off with this today, Chris, and I, you'll be good on this. I, I enjoy your perspective on things like this. And it's the Lane Kiffin situation. Uh, just real quick background to Santo Rollins as a defensive lineman. He was a three-star recruit. Uh, he was demoted to the practice squad. Uh, and then after that demotion, uh, he was uh, allegedly encouraged to transfer because, you know, he wasn't going to get time. They wanted to maybe use a scholarship on a better player. And after his demotion, he decided to take what was characterized as a mental health break from the team. Uh, during that mental health break, according to the records, because there's a lawsuit going on where DeSanto Rollins is trying to 
sue lane kiffin and old miss for about 40 million dollars so we have records that the coaches tried to contact him he ignored calls he ignored texts then after a number of weeks they were finally able to get him in a room uh and lane kiffin uh in a uh, conversation where he used some expletives kicked him off the team um as a result of lack of accountability now he's still on scholarship which is an interesting wrinkle here um I, you know, we, we, we're just we're bad at talking about these things. You know, it's either I've listened to a bunch of takeaways. It's either you're on Lane Kiffin's side or you're on DeSanto, DeSanto Rollins' side. You either believe DeSanto Rollins is hiding behind mental health in order to gain financially or you believe Lane Kiffin just handled this uh, horrifically. So I kind of gave my take on this to start the show. So I just want to give you space to let me know what you think about this entire thing. Well, I, I, I'll start with the fact that the audio is, is a bad look for Lane. I, I will say that um, I think in this day and age, and, and I always thought Lane to be kind of the more like new AG coach who wouldn't necessarily uh, undress his players with profanities. But, I mean, I, maybe that's me holding him to too high of a standard. I don't think, um, you know, the audio makes him sound all that great. I'll start there. Um, but I don't think that there is a, a side at least for me to take here because um, we have to see how this plays out in uh, the literal court of law. I mean, there, there's been a lawsuit filed, there's, there's lawyers involved. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's a difficult ask for um, a young man who supposedly is going through some mental health issues to um, continue to, uh, you know, show up each day and go through the motions if he's really going through that as he, as he has stated in the lawsuit. And then from a coaching standpoint, I can see how that's a frustrating endeavor, especially for a guy who, you know, was a contributor to the team, somebody who you think presumably helps you win games or at least compete to win games. Um, but it, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect encapsulation of just the difference of college football versus the pros um, you know, in college sports, the, the coaches are the stars. They're obviously the highest paid people. And in, in the in the league, in the, in the NFL, it's it's polar opposite. You know, you'll have a, a player making $50 million or whatever it is that like Aaron Rodgers was making. And I don't know how much Robert Sala or Matt LaFleur were making, but it was a, a, a drop in the bucket of that compared to it. So, um, yeah, the, the, the audio leak, not a good look. Um, but I am fascinated to see how this whole thing plays out. All right, move over to some local storylines here. Uh, Utah with a chance to play spoiler tomorrow. The last time UW started like this, they won the national championship, or at least a share of it, in 91. UW is 9-0, and and we know the deal. Penix is awesome. Uh, their defense as of late has been a sieve, quite frankly. As of today, they're 121st in the country in pass defense. Washington is, and they're 60th in the country in run defense. We saw Bryson look really good last week. You know, Washington is, you know, ASU's not Washington, but defensively their metrics are actually better than UW. And we know that Utah wants to try to run the football. I, I have a tough time picking the Utes, but it feels like that it's it's moved now, but it feels like 8.5 is a pretty big spread. Uh, I have not been to Husky Stadium. I'd like to go up there. I believe you've been there. So let's hear your thoughts on what you think we'll see tomorrow not, or tomorrow afternoon when Utah and UW do battle. Yeah, I, I, I will. I will caution your listeners to not get too high after the drubbing of a 
rebuilding program who were down to their fourth or fifth string quarterback. And granted, the Utes are too, but the Utes are fully well built into a championship program as we've seen the last couple of years. So um, outside of, you know, railroading the Devils 55 to three, um, it's going to be a huge task for this team. Um, Utah traditionally, I think, struggles against premier, uh, you know, passing teams who can also protect the quarterback, which Washington can do. They have one of the best offensive lines in the country. I know people will say, well, what about USC? Well, USC doesn't have a very good offensive line, and they are um, – I mean, Caleb Williams is amazing, but Michael Penix Jr., in my opinion, has the most talented wide-receiving core in the country. I actually wrote about them earlier on this season. Um, that trio is, is very, very good. They're very dynamic. They're big. They're fast. They're versatile. Um, this is going to be Utah's biggest aerial test to date by far. Um, and I, I – I don't know. I, I think Utah could conceivably hang in there. Um, but as we've talked about the last few weeks, Bryson Barnes will have to play the game of his life on the road in a place that's very difficult to play a place that Utah's, you know, hasn't had a ton of success on the road historically either. Um, but for me, I think Utah has to establish the run game in order to have a shot. And I know Jaquindon Jackson is, is beat up and that does not bode well. Um, because if Utah can't run the ball and at least keep Washington's defense honest, then they're just going to be able to pack the box and kind of do what Oregon did a few weeks ago. Um, I am, I, I, this is a game that I've, you know, wanted to see for a while now, just because Washington's offense is so tantalizing and Utah's defense is good. Um, but yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to caution Utah fans to not be riding too high after last week's win. One more Utah question. We, um, you know, we did this this week, kind of re- re- reviewed our Utah predictions and expectations, then recalibrated what success looks like. Uh, the Vegas over-under was 8.5 early on. Like everybody else, we do the dumb exercise where it's like, hey, win against UCLA, maybe a loss against – like nobody knows. But I picked them to win nine games, and I actually still think they get there. Uh, Saturday is going to be tough. And then at Arizona is going to be a lot more difficult than anybody expected. But I think they can get two of the final three to get to nine. So if we land with Utah as nine and three overall, and we'll call it six and three in conference play, and it's a Vegas bowl against Iowa or something like that, is that in your mind a successful season? And how do you think the fan base reacts to it based off the expectations that this fan base now has? Well, they're going to be pissed either way because in, in their minds, most of them believe that um, they were they had the group to contend for a CFP appearance this year. I didn't, but um, to answer your question, how should this season be viewed if they get to 9-3 and three in a Vegas Bowl? It should be viewed as miraculous, and I'm not saying that lightly whatsoever. If, if Utah can get to nine wins, having zero Cam Rising, no Brent Keithy, so many of its other playmakers banged up and lost for the year. So many of its defensive players banged up and or lost for the year. That is absurd. I mean, like we've talked about the coaching staff doing an amazing job in the face of heartbreaking tragedy the last few years. And they have, but if they get to nine and three without all of those players and so many key players, not even playing it down in this iteration of the PAC 12, which is the best that it's ever been. It's insane. And I don't know. 
I remember when Utah fans were stoked to go to like a bowl game and, you know, brag about how good they were in bowl games because they were, and this was before they were, you know, going to face the Ohio States and the Penn States in the Rose bowl. But um, I don't think playing Iowa in the Vegas bowl should be looked at as a negative considering the entire picture of this season. On the other side of things, BYU has been an interesting roller coaster to follow. They start off four and one with a road win at Arkansas and their first big 12 win against Cincinnati. Now Cincinnati is one of the worst teams in not just the conference, but maybe FCS haven't been able to win a game on the road in the big 12. They did get Texas tech at home. Uh, they see Iowa state coming up on Saturday. Then it's Oklahoma and Oklahoma state. They need one win in the final three. Do they get it to go bowling? Is Slovis starting or is it Rhett's laugh? It's Rhett's laugh on, it's Rhett's laugh tomorrow. Then I guess we'll see. Okay. Um, I guess I will, I will give BYU the benefit of the doubt because they are difficult to play at home. Um, I know Iowa state's been dealing with a bunch of stuff this year because of the amount of players they lost to their gambling uh, scandal. Um, So for them to be at five and four is a, is a great feat for them as well. Uh, maybe a little Lavelle magic tomorrow night to get them to six and four, but if they don't win tomorrow night, they're not getting to six. Yeah, no, I, I'm with um, you there. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ride some, some P town magic tomorrow and uh, BYU finishes six and six. Lo- I love it. When my guy CK rides a little P town magic, that, ma- that makes me happy on a Friday. <laughs> All right. Final thing, my guy uh, tomorrow, win or go home. It is the first round of the MLS Cup playoffs. Yes, it's still the first round. Uh, so RSL was able to get it done by the skin of their teeth. Uh, PKs after uh, Savas free kick on Monday. What's the deal, man? Are the lads coming home with a dub, or are they coming home with uh, w- with an off season in front of them? It's it's kind of weird to say that I think RSL over the course of the first two games have been the better team overall, despite having to. Uh, escape by the skin of their teeth in PKs in the second game. Um, I think it's a toss up. I think RSL has all the momentum. Um, they're, they're finally healthy. I don't know if Chicho is going to be able to play or start or, you know, play 60. My guess would be that Pablo and his staff decide to keep him um, to come off the bench and provide a spark as he did in game two. Um, you know, just, I'll say this, Props to Pablo for managing game two. I think that was one of his best games from a managerial standpoint. Um, underrated portion of game two is bringing on uh, the heart and soul of your club, Demir Krylock, to take PKs, which is a very difficult thing to do, but it's, it was absolutely the right move. Um, I don't know if they get it done. I think it's going to go to PKs again. I honestly do. I don't know what the final score will be after full time, but I do think this thing's going to get settled in PKs. And at that point, it's a total crapshoot. A little love for Pob. Somewhere there's a little birdie, a very little birdie, a tiny little birdie, smiling from ear to ear, CK. I know you made his day with that. Uh, All right, buddy. Well, I'm sure I will be texting you throughout the match and the stuff over the weekend, so I appreciate your time on a Friday, and uh, chat soon. Thanks, bud. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Our guy, Chris Comrani. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.